Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. All right, have a seat, please. Thank you so much. That was awesome. You can, that was, that was wonderful. You can, you can go now. <laughs> it's too spiritual. Come back. Go, but come back, please. That was a beautiful song. Did y'all write that? I don't know. Anyways, that song is just so good. Because that's what I'm speaking about today. Um, cool. This is a treat. Um, yeah, I was 13 when I first saw Pastor Jude. Um, blew my mind, you know, like I'd, ne- I'd never seen anybody preach like that before. Um, and uh, he just made me want to just, you know, run through a wall as a Christian, you know, like I think it was in my teens, you know, like at that, that first conference, I was like, you know what, I want to be a Christian, but I want to be an awesome Christian, you know, like I, I want to be somebody who's on fire for Jesus. Um, and that's, you know, Pastor Jude, he's the real deal. He's like, a, he's, a, he's a run through the wall. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I just, and then uh, what I love about you, Pastor Jude, is, uh, you know, you love the things of the Spirit, and you're, you're so practical. Um, I don't think that there is a, uh, I believe this, there, there is not a better discipler in a I, that I know of. You, you, that's what you do. It's like you're, you're an expert. You're a ninja discipler. <laughs> Nobody, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you just, you, you care about formation so much. Uh, and you truly do labor until Christ is formed in people. <laughs> and, and, um, but I just, I just, I love that. And, and one of the things that I just, I, I caught from you, you know, some things are taught, some things are caught. I caught um, a, 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 a voracious appetite for the Bible. Um, I remember one, uh, the last youth conference, you know, and then I became a, a young adult or whatever, you know, went to Bible college or whatever, and you had been working out, and you dropped a weight on your toe, and you broke it. And during your downtime, you read, like, the Bible from cover to cover in a month. And I remember just going... This guy's insane, and one day I want to do that. Um, and so, uh, I, uh, I was on staff in, in New York, and I was a teaching pastor there. And we had all these people who just put their hand up for you know the, to to meet the Lord. And uh, so I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to start just me, and I'm going to invite people to do it. My team, I'm going to read the Bible every January, you know, from you know 30 days. Um, I've been doing that now for six years. Um, and I think we had 14,000 people do it with us last year. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been, you know, I, I, I stole that from you. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful for you. So this is, this is, this is just a, a blessing to be here. I love your church already. I feel like I'm at home. Um, all right. Enough about that. Um, I've been married for some eight years now. Uh, my wife is going to be here at the second service because she's getting ready. <laughs> uh, Jasmine is Australian. I'm a Canadian. And um, so we live, in, we live in Palm Springs. We actually drove here yesterday. Um, and um, Tim Keller s- says that year seven statistically is the year that people get divorced. We're, we're in year eight, praise God. Um, <laughs> uh, the reason why he, he believes people get divorced in year seven, um, and that's the t- statistic, is because uh, you can no longer really control people after about seven years. You start to like, you know, the wheels start to come off of your manipulation. Um, <laughs> as human beings, we are expert manipulators. We love to control narrative. Um, but more importantly, and this is what Keller says, 
you, uh, what we do is we project onto each other the idealized spouse. So, you know, after seven years, for an example, um, you know, I would never marry a man who doesn't like my spaghetti. It's my Nona's recipe, <laughs> right? And for seven years, you're going, I don't like your spaghetti, right? And in year seven, it finally, somehow, that you've permeated her defense, and you're right, you're, you're, no, you can, you're no longer the illusion of the projected spouse that loves the spaghetti. And on year seven, you're just like, I don't like spaghetti. And finally, she's like, what? Who are you? <laughs> you know? Add to that that dating is just lies. <laughs> you know, like you'll, you, it's, it's, you're just trying to, you, 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 you think that person is cute and you just want them and you will say anything to be with that person, right? So compounded by that, you know, you, people wake up in year seven and they're like, who did I marry? Who are you? You are not, and, and, and as well, the, the reality that people do change. You know, sorry, I'm not the person that you married. I don't, have, I don't want the same thing anymore. So in year seven, people wake up, and the spell is broken, and, you know, the carriage has turned to a pumpkin. And who are you? And you have to make a decision. Okay, you know, am I going to love this person, or am I going to walk? And so my wife and I are, you know, we're kind of in that, it's that scenario at the moment. You know, it's, we're, we're deciding that we're going to be, be married. Um, <laughs> praise God. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm having to, get, to pay more attention. Uh, who, who are you? You know, this is not my wife. You know, like, who, who are you? You know, like, who are you, Jasmine? So getting to know you, getting to know all the, right? Like, that's what we're doing right now. Um, and I reckon that it's probably a continual thing of getting to know somebody because we're constantly changing. We're human becomings, not human beings. There's no neutrality in the human experience. Um, and so we're becoming, and, and uh, okay, babe, you know, who are you? And, and trying to find, so I'm, I'm doing, and that's what you're supposed to do as a, as, a, as a married couple as well. You're supposed to, you know, show interest and ask questions, and, um, and then you allow that person to tell them who you are. You know, like, so it's a humbling experience. Okay, you are not my projection. Who are you? And that person is allowed to self-define, right? That's how that works. That's, a, that's how a relationship with a person works. A person is, a, and we don't begrudge people their self-definition. We allow people to self-define. And, right, guys, okay, you know, who are you? And, and, and she tells you, and guys, we listen, okay, that's who you are. Um, what do you like, you know? And then we, we find out what they like, and, and then, this is the insane part, you do what they like. <laughs> right? Um, I, I'm not supposed to love my wife the way I want to be loved. I have to learn to love my wife the way that she wants to be loved. And that takes, it's, it's so frustrating because it's unlearning and learning. Um, you know, my family, we love each other in strange ways. You know, the Finocchio the, the family. Well, the Edwards family, my wife's uh, maiden name is, is Edwards. They don't love each other in a totally different way. It's like, I would never love anybody that way. That's horrible. <laughs> you know? Um, but I have to love her the way that she wants to be loved, right? You hear me? And so... It's all these adjustments, and they're continual, and it's exhausting, and it's a lot of work. Um, and that's what a relationship is. You know, uh, paying attention to the things that she loves. Okay, she loves classic movies. She, if she was not, you know, at her hotel right now, she'd be at home, you know, watching Turner classic movies. She, all day. Just, she, my, my wife just loves, right now it's November. It's, it's November for, for my wife. She's watching all the film noir at the moment. I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm finding out what she likes. Um, you know, she'd be at home watching Chinatown or something. Um, she loves sushi. I, I can tell my, when my wife loves something because her eyes roll into the back of her head. You know what I'm saying? She'll take a bite of something. You know, and I'll be like, okay, okay, eyes rolled. Um... Jasmine is Australian. She loves avocado toast. I'm from Canada, where 
Toast is essentially garbage. <laughs> it is what it is, okay? I'm from a small town of 1,800 people in Canada. Uh, agricultural community. Uh, when you want to go out for breakfast, you go to a truck stop. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so we'd go to the truck stop. It was literally called the truck stop. And we'd get, and I'd order, you know, like the hungry farmer platter, you know, like, and it's, you know, seven different types of meat, you know. And, right, you eat all the meats, you eat the pork links and the back bacon and the regular strip bacon and, and you know, <laughs> everything else and the eggs and maybe some beans. Um, and then you wipe your face with the toast and you throw it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Canada. Uh, but in Australia, toast is like, it is a, it's, it's an entree. It's why they showed up. <laughs> right? I, I thought that our, like Canada and Australia are both Commonwealth countries, um, meaning part of the former, formerly the British Empire. Um, but they were penal colonies, really. I'm from the ice penal colony, and she's from the paradise penal colony, right? And so I thought, okay, we're going to have a lot more in common. No, we don't have a lot in common. And avocado toast is, is, is just a microcosm of how much we don't have in common. Um, so, so, so avocado toast, I don't get it, you know, but Jazzy loves avocado toast. You know, she'll pay $27 for avocado toast. <laughs> Gladly. I would never love somebody with trash. You know what I mean? But she doesn't. She doesn't want the fart. The you know the, the the farty grandpa meat platter either. You know, which I would I would you know I would bring home the bacon. That's why we call it that, right? Like. Um, so long story short, I'm go okay, babe. You know I'm not going to try to understand you. <laughs> I think it was Oscar Wilde that said that women aren't made to be understood; they're made to be loved. You know, so it's like, I'm just going to love you. So. You know, I love you, and if you like avocado toast, then I'm going to pay attention. Okay, you like sourdough. It's sourdough that you like. Okay, amazing. I didn't know that there was different kinds of breads, um, you know, for your toast or whatever. And then I've, I've learned about avocados, you know. Like, if you, if you push in too hard, it's too ripe. If, if, you, if it's not pushing in at all, it's not ripe at, at all, right? Like, I'm learning how to, you know, go to Trader Joe's. I'm an, I'm an avocado expert now. I'm learning the type of salt that she wants, you know, and the type of olive oil, and it's a whole thing, and, I, and I'm learning, right? I'm paying attention, because I love Jasmine, and I want to love her the way that she wants to be loved. Now, would you agree with me that we, as well, don't begrudge people their personal preferences? Right? People have preferences, man, and, you know, it, it is what it is, and you just, you don't begrudge, they have personal preferences, and it is what it is. People are people. God is a person. He's not an impersonal cosmic force. He's not a vibe. And he has preferences. And you're in a relationship with him. Now, I've been married for eight years. I would take a religion over a relationship any day. Because relationships take work, dude. <laughs> You know, I, I hear a lot of Christians going, oh, you know, it's, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Why does it feel like when people say that, what they're saying is, you know, buckle up, Lord and Savior, I'm driving. <laughs> right? As in, like, this relationship has no rules. And really, the one rule is that I'm in charge. And your personal preferences don't matter at all. Why does it feel like that? Because sometimes it might be like that. Right? No, no, dude. No, I know what a relationship is like. In a relationship, yeah, there's some rules. There's some things that I can't do. And, and I don't have much personal freedom in my relationship with my wife. <laughs> you know, like I, and, and I love her. And I want to do, I want to please her. Because that's the only way that this thing is going to work. Is if I lay down you know what I want to do and I serve her you're in a relationship with God 
How do you love God? By finding out what he likes and giving him the avocado toast. That's Christian worship. Now, thankfully, we have the Bible. Of course we have the Bible because God is a person and he has preferences and he's going to communicate those to us. Right? And my wife's like pet peeve, man. Her, I know the one thing that she hates more than anything else is being uh, misrepresented. Hates that. She wants to be known truly. No, this is what I'm like. I think that God's a bit like that. Probably a lot like that. He wants to be known. Right? He wants to be known truly. And so, of course, there's scripture. And so, uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at some scriptures. And we're going to look at some of God's preferences. Because Christian worship is finding out what God loves and giving him the avocado toast. All right? So, that's what we're going to talk about today. Here we go. Let me, let me just pray. And we're going to get into it. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for this church. This is amazing. Thank you for uh, Jude and Becky. And... Um, Father, thank you for what you're doing here in Ventura. This is so cool. Um, we thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak today. We're going to open up the Bible. We believe that the Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And we believe, uh, Holy Spirit, that you put everything in there that we need. And, and I, I, I know this, Lord, that uh, you can speak to us as a body, but you can also speak to us individually. And God, we're asking you that as we open your word, Lord, would you quicken your word to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's look at a passage of scripture here. Um, Psalm 141, I believe we have Psalm 140. Do we have it? Expecto Patronum. There it is. Okay. Um, this is David, and uh, scholars believe that he is probably on the run for his life when he's writing this psalm. It's a band on the run song for David. Um, and so he's, he's wanting, what's happening here is he's wanting to be in Jerusalem. He wants to be at the tabernacle. David's obsession, okay? This guy is obsessed with the tabernacle. It's, it's, his whole life is producing music and, and producing, you know, Concerts and, and inventing instruments and writing songs for tabernacle happenings. He's obsessed with it. He's obsessed with the presence of God, where the ark dwells. That's all, the only place he wants to be constantly, okay? And so he's not there right now. He's on the run for his life. And so he says this, Lord, let my prayer be counted as incense before you. And he's praying, because the guy's obsessed with the tabernacle, so he's praying through the, the tabernacle furniture, um, the, the Holy of Holies is God's green room, okay? And remember the Ark of the Covenant, that golden box? Remember from the movie? Steven Spielberg? Okay, that one. The one that melts the Nazis' faces off. Yes, that one. Okay. So, so the Ark of the Covenant, is in, it's in the, in the Holy of Holies. And there's this veil that, is, that keeps people out of the Holy of Holies. Um, and the next big room is the holy place. And so, just out on the other side of that veil is a table with incense. And the incense is burning right outside of God's green room, okay? And David's going, God, I, I know I can't be in your, like, your green room, but I'd like to be right outside of it. And I'm praying, and I'm asking you that my prayers here in the desert would be like incense that's right outside of your group. I want to be that close, and, of course, because Jesus says that David, by the Spirit, so in the Psalms, David is prophetic when he's writing these songs, right? And so in the Spirit, obviously, he's writing this. And we know in Revelation, in the book of Revelation that the prayers of the saints are, in fact, right, incense rising before the throne of God. And so God's up there going, yes, they are, David. You are dialed in, my man. <laughs> right? Spirit's moving. And then this next Line. He says, and the lifting up of my hands, the Hebrew word for hand is yod. The lifting up of my hands, as the e let, the, let that be as the evening sacrifice. As in like, God, I want to be at the tabernacle. I know what you like. I found out what you like. I was reading the Torah. You know, and I found out that there's sacrifices that please you. 
okay? And I w- I'm in a relationship with you. I want to show you that I'm in this relationship with you. I want to bring you a sacrifice because I'm not going to be the type of person who doesn't show you that I'm in this relationship. No, I'm not going to offer to you something that costs me nothing, right? So he's going, God, I want to show you. God, would, I can't be at the tabernacle, but if, if I lift my hands, would that be like the evening sacrifice? Would that bless your heart? And once again, he's, 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 he's doing this in the spirit. And God is going, yes, I love hands. <laughs> hands are like God's avocado toast. <laughs> I don't get it, but he's into it. It's not wild. Hebrew word for Hand is yod. If you, if you got a hand, if you got a yod, would you just really quickly, audience participation moment for a second here. Just go like, just show me your yod. That's, okay, just hold it right there for a second. And then I just want you to go like that. That is, that's brilliant. Hi, how are you? <laughs> no, so to wave the hand is to yada. Um, the English transliteration of yada is Judah. Pretty cool, right? Like Judah Smith, who knew, okay? Um, Yada, to wave the hand, we translate it as praise, okay? Um, So when you see praise, the root word of praise is yad, right? And to yada is to wave the hand. So in the Hebrew mind, praise always involves these guys, right? It's a big deal. I don't know what it, I don't know why God didn't choose feet. He's not into those, as much as he's into these. You hearing me? It's, it's like he's, it's what he likes, okay? Now watch this. Um, we were reading in Psalm 141, the Old Testament. We're going to fast forward to the New Testament, and we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 13. The, the author of the book of Hebrews here. So the book of Hebrews is written to Jewish Christians. It's an encyclical letter. The church fathers believed that the book of Hebrews was actually written in Hebrew. And then it was translated into Greek because the Greek is, is so technical. Um, but these, Christ, these guys, these Jewish Christians, are thinking about leaving Jesus. They're thinking about leaving Jesus because they don't have, like, it's like they got no stuff to do their religious stuff. Like, we don't have a priesthood, we don't have a temple, we don't have sacrifices. And so the, the author of the book of Hebrews is going, dude, you have a better covenant. Trust me, you have stuff. There's a, the, Jesus' priesthood is 10 times better than the Levitical priesthood. And yes, you can still offer sacrifices, but they're a little bit different, right? And so what the author is going to do is take that Old Testament precedent from David, from a Psalm 141, and he's going to copy and paste it into Hebrews 13. And so he says this, through Jesus... Okay, y'all, you know, y'all are complaining that you don't have you know, sacrifices because like, you know, this is like an upstart religion. Calm down. You know, through Jesus, let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. In the, in the original Hebrew, that would have read a sacrifice of God to God. That is the fruit of lips, of lips that acknowledge his name. Right? So where does sacrifice of praise come from? It comes from Psalm 141. That's the, that, that is the biblical precedent for that thought. So that would have been a huge, like, wow, okay, so we do have precedent. Yes, you do have precedent, dummy. David, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's kind of a big deal in, our, in Judaism. Yeah, well, he came up with this. Because lifting of the hands was, was like the evening sacrifice that pleased the Lord. So if it worked for him, why wouldn't it work for you? You, hear, you hearing me? Okay, so he goes, sacrifice of praise. And then he says, and the fruit of the lips that, you know, that, that acknowledge his name, because we see that Paired with the prayers, right, the incense in Psalm 141. And then he, 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 the author goes on, And do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Now, let's deal with this S word that is so troublesome and keeps on coming up in this sermon. Sacrifices. Okay. We don't sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. We don't do that. There was a once and for all, unrepeatable sacrifice. His name is Jesus Christ, right? He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. He, he bore our sins in his body, right? And when we put our faith in him, we apply the blood of Jesus Christ to our life. So we appropriate his, his, his sacrifice by faith. You hearing me? Once and for all, unrepeatable. I don't sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. But 
I do sacrifice. And I mean, the New Testament here is telling me about three sacrifices just right there. Why do I sacrifice? Because it's sort of my job. Watch this, 1 Peter 2.5. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. You're a living stone when you're a spiritual house. You're a rolling stone when you're on your underwear in the couch. You know, you know what I'm saying? Part of the church, you're a living stone. Not part of the church, like a rolling stone. How does it feel? Right? To be on your own. No direction. Right? But we receive purpose and we receive direction as living stones built up as a spiritual house. Okay? Now, what is the purpose of being built up as a spiritual house? To be a holy priesthood. What does a priest do? Well, Peter continues. To offer spiritual sacrifices. What kind? Acceptable ones, as in ones that God's asking for. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't want the, far, the, you know, the, the farty grandpa meat platter. I want the avocado toast. That's acceptable. You hear me? You don't get to love me any which way you want. That's not how this works. I'm God. It's kind of a big deal. I know. Right? It's my job because I'm a priest. I'll tell you right now. 400 years ago, you got Martin Luther, and he's got 95 problems with the Catholic Church. One of his problems is that he needed a priest to connect to God. Luther's reading Peter, and he's going, I'm a priest. Everybody's a priest. The priesthood of the believer is a foundational principle of the Protestant Reformation. This is a game changer for churches. See, I think part of the, 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 the problem that we're facing as a church in America, I think a church in general in the West, is that we've had culture in many places, but culture, particularly in this place, leak in. Um, everywhere outside of city church, you are a consumer. And being a consumer, it's not bad. Um, I, I don't necessarily have a big problem with capitalism. Um, I think it's good to vote with your dollars. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, like, oh, yeah, that place is horrible. They rip people off. I'm not going to shop there. You know, like, I'm going to go to the place who does good business and is honest, and you get a good product. That's a good idea. You know what I mean? Like, so being a consumer, there's some pluses to that. But because we're consumers everywhere we go, we tend to be that way, and it leaks into other places in our life. Okay, so, you know, you get out your Yelp review and, you know, you go to Denny's and you just light them on fire because the food was cold, you know, and she was a little rude. and You know what I mean? Like zero stars, right? And then you come to church and you got your Yelp review, you know, and then, oh, they didn't sing Good, Good Father, you know, like one star. Right? Oh, it's a, it's a little dark in here, you know, like zero stars. Right? The music was a little loud. Minus stars. Who's this freak? Where's Pastor Jude? I'm never coming back, you know, like. <laughs> you hearing me? When, see, on, on, on a Sunday morning, you're supposed to be a priest. A priest does two, he's got two things to do. A priest ministers to the Lord, and a priest ministers to others. Right? That, that's what a priest... I, I have a job to do. I don't just attend a church. What's, what's that? I attend... No, I, I attend football games. I attend piano recitals. Good Lord. You know, but I, I do not attend church. No, I'm a living stone. I, I'm, I've been, I'm being built up to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. I'm here and I've brought something, right? Because I'm a priest. I'm here to minister to the Lord and I'm here to minister to his people. That's the New Testament reality. That's, that's what the Bible says. That's the posture that the Bible's saying you need to take when you come to church. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying through his word today. 
let it adjust you. This doesn't mean, you know, obviously that, you know, if you're part of a horrible church, you don't off the manana. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is my posture when I come to a church that I feel called to, you know, the Lord is simply clearly leading me. This is a place where this is good soil. Okay, you know what, Lord? I'm a priest. I'm not here for me, 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 me. You know, right? And like the whole your whole lens is how does this benefit me? You know, this isn't yoga. You hearing me? You know, I don't know if that message really no, you know, like who cares what the message of the song? You're a priest, you are here to minister to the Lord and others. You hear me? You're priest. We, we have to recover and implement this truth. This is, if, if, if Protestant churches are ever going to work, they can only work in this way. That we all participate as priests. Because it's, it's not going to work the other, uh, the other way. Either be a Catholic, God, and God bless you because I love Catholics, or be a Protestant. But if you're going to be a Protestant, you need to put on your tool belt and, and, and you had one job, do your job. Do you know what I'm saying? Give God the avocado toast. So when you come in, we used to sing this song uh, when I was a kid. You might know it. If you know it, you can sing with me. Okay? You ready? Here we go. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. This is the best part. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Okay. <laughs> Worst song in the world. <laughs> best theology. Worst song, best theology. We were going, we're here. We're doing our job. Hey, hello. We, hello. We're all doing our job. We're, we're bringing the sacrifice of praise. You hear me? Like th- we, we, need to, we, need this, we need this back a bit. Th- this, these guys up here, they are facilitating your job as a priest. Right? They're, they're not, the, like, yes, they're the worship band, but, like, they're not be doing the worship. You are doing the worship. You hear me? What do priests do? They minister to the Lord, minister to others. Why do church exist? Church, churches exist in this order. To, to minister to the Lord, to equip the saints, and to reach the world. Not in the reverse order. Otherwise, you're just an activist club. There's, there's, and, and hey, that's good. But that's not why the church exists. The church exists to worship God. You hearing me? Yes, the world needs to be changed. Yes, the church needs to do its job in, in social justice. Absolutely. I'm with you, 100%. But we don't exist necessarily for that. We exist in relation to God. You know? Do you remember that one disciple that was like, hey, you know, like, we could have saved that for our justice campaign, the money. You know what I mean? Oh, it's such a waste. No, buildings are not a waste because they facilitate the worship of Jesus Christ. Let them be poured out on his feet. You hearing me? That, that is why I, I exist. What is the chief end of man? Shorter West, Mr. Catechism. What is the chief end of man? To worship God, to glorify God, and to enjoy him forever. That's why I exist. I exist as a, as a being, and, I, and we exist as a body to worship God. First and foremost. And everything flows from that. Okay, let's keep going. I digress. We're getting lost in the weeds. I have no time. Let's keep going. Okay. Psalm 57. Psalm 57. This is David again. This is the wildest, wildest verse. My heart is steadfast. Oh, God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. And then he says, awake my glory. He starts talking to himself. You know, like, I will awake my glory. Awake, oh, and then he tells us what his glory is. Awake, oh, harp and lyre. As in, God, I'm going to worship you, but I'm going to worship you with, the, with my glory, like with the best part of me. Usually the Bible talks about God's glory. In this instance, David is talking about his glory. God has given everybody glory. 
All glory is transcendent. It comes from, from God, right? And that's why we give him glory is because we're returning what he's given. You hear me, right? It's all from him and it all goes back to him, right? But David's going, God, I'm going to worship you, but I'm going to worship you with like the best part of me. And we know, like, David was a proficient, we got his discography, man, right? We got the Psalms, right? The guy was an incredible, he invented instruments. When the dude would play, you know, he'd plug into his, like, Marshall, turn it to 11, you know? (laughs) Demons would flee. Like, the guy was a heavy, okay? Um, The word there, uh, glory, the Hebrew word is kabod. It means in Hebrew, weight. The idea is, like, it's what you bring to a room. It's actually a manifold word, but one of the ideas is it's what you bring to a room. So, for example, uh, let's say we're, we're at a party. Pastor Jude is a host. You come in, and I go, who's this cat? Pastor Jude's like, oh, that's so-and-so. The guy's an amazing mechanic, you know, and great golfer and great dad, and he's just like this and this. And he just starts to sing your praises, and that's what you bring to a room. You your kabod is why somebody would text you and ask you for help. Your kabod is why somebody would call you on the phone and, hey, man, I'm really struggling right now. And, you know, or could you help me with this? Or I need some advice. Right? That's your kabod. It's your weight. It's, your, it's what you're good at. It's, it's just a deposit in you. That, and you just, it's the highest flower maybe of your being in some regard. Okay? Your kabod is also your dialed inness and your spark. It's why, you know, your, your, your wives fell in love with you guys. You know? You remember the first date? Don't want to miss a thing, right? <laughs> even when I dream of you, <laughs> right? And you're just, you're dialed in, right? It's when you're turned up, you're there. In New York, there was this girl, she was an administrator at our church. And her kabod in the office was administration. Just, she's a freak, amazing. We go out uh, for Christmas in New York, Right, staff Christmas party, it's, it's mayhem. And um, she doesn't look like a dancer, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? She looked administrative. <laughs> is what it is, don't judge me, okay? Her song comes on at our staff Christmas party. This girl gets up and she starts dancing, and it was the ugliest <laughs> and the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my... Have you ever seen, like, at an NBA game, and, you know, it's panning, and they're playing YMCA, and there's some dude that's just going hard, you know, dancing, and it's terrifying and wonderful at the same time. <laughs> that's kabod, right? You know, it's not necessarily something that you're good at some, sometimes, but it's, you're there, right? And you're, you're, there's energy and there's presence, that's kabod also. One of the ways that I love my wife is by listening to her psychotic dreams. <laughs> she dreams every night. She, has a, she always has these crazy dreams, and she always wants to tell them to me. Sometimes I don't want to listen to them because, like, you know, you weren't mean to me at a party in my dream last night. I'm like, I was sleeping sweetly and innocently. <laughs> you know, great way to start the day off. Thank you. Um, anyways, so... By the afternoon, I, I can tell she's bursting at the seams, you know, like, you know, okay, babe, you know, we'll be driving. Tell me about your dream last night, you know. <laughs> My wife's Australian, right? So, so I was being chased by a velociraptor in Jurassic Park, you know. Oh, you know, what happened next, you know? Showing interest, dialed in, right? <laughs> you know, and then a, a Tyrannosaurus came out of nowhere, and, you know, and I'll be driving, you know, I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And then she'll be like, Nathan, where are you? God is like a woman. He knows when you're not there. <laughs> there can be this is the issue. God wants Yod, but he wants Kabod. God wants the hands, absolutely, but he wants your glory. In my relationship with my wife, man, it's, she gets access to everything. That's how our relationship works. Joint bank accounts, baby, it's scary. You hearing me? 
But in our worship sometimes, you know, it's like, okay, God, you know, here's, here's the avocado toast. Here's the yod. I can do that. But there's no kabod. There's a disconnect in our worship. Maybe God gave you a brilliant mind. You're an entrepreneur. You know how to make money. And you're giving God yod, but there's no kabod. Your money represents your time. In fact, your money represents your skill. You're paid for that. And we can be, there can be disconnect in our worship that way. Maybe in times of worship, you know, if you're an articulate person. Now, I said this, somebody over here, they're struggling. I need you to get pen and paper. I need you to write something to encourage this sister in the Lord. And so you could could write something and it would just encourage, it would encourage the hell out of them. You know, literally, right? Like demons flee when you put pen to paper. You are prophetic. You are powerful. You know the word, right? You write that, and that, that's glory. Man, that's glory. That's kabah. That's from the Lord, right? But in worship, God's going, where's mine? Where's, you hearing me? There's a disconnect in your kabod when it comes to worship. The applications are many. God wants Yod, but he wants Yod with Kabod. I got three points, okay? God wants Yod. Number two, God's, God wants Yod with Kabod. And here's number three, and we're done. When I give God Yod with Kabod, right, my hands and my heart, my, my glory, my life, right? So I'm giving him, he wants the avocado toast? Okay, I'm giving you that. And, oh, oh, and I also want your glory. I want your, your dialed inness. I want your spark. I want your, the best of you. Yet, Lord, I'm giving that to you as well. When I give God Yod with Kabod, I get God with Kabod. I get God with Kabod. When, when, I, when I show up, right, the avocado toast and the dialed inness and the spark, I get, I get his glory. James chapter 4 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Yes, God is everywhere, but his glory isn't. He shows up in manifest and tangible ways. You hearing me? Right? The omnipresent one, Moses said to the omnipresent one, show me your glory. Right? Because his glory, it's unique. I'm convinced that there are Christians who never experience the glory of God because they're mailing it in. Right? You're just mailing it in. You know, like hands up, but you're thinking about, you know, is Brady going to win today? Will he pull it off two times in a row? You know, like, and God's going, dude, are you kidding me right now? There's this principle in the Old Testament. Where's the band? They can, they're probably like playing cards back there and smoking cigars. <laughs> Unbelievable. Why do they do that? <laughs> she was in service. That's good. <laughs> There's this principle in the Old Testament. When you look through all of the altars that are built and the sacrifices... Every time somebody builds an altar that got like it's an acceptable sacrifice, right? They build an altar and that God, I'm here, and there's kabod on that altar. Every single time God shows up. But where people just mail it in, I mean, like the first worship service, you know, Cain just mails it in. God is faithful to not show up. He's faithful to not show up, but He's so faithful to always show up. When there's Yod and there's Kabod. And the, the principle is this. Every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. Every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. See, th- this gets me excited. And church should be a little bit exciting for a priest. Because a priest is going, God, I'm coming. It's, I get to come into your presence and I'm going to bring something that you like don't understand it but I love you and I'm going to give you whatever you love because I love you you, you're into hands are you kidding me that's easy I can do that right and God um, I'm not perfect in my sacrifices but you're not looking for perfection you're looking for a pulse 
You know, like, God, I haven't been perfect in my giving, but I'm leaning in in a fresh way today. God, I haven't been perfect in, in giving my body as, as a sacrifice, you know, which is my reasonable act of worship, my logic and latrayan. But God, I, I'm, I'm leaning in today. And you're not looking for perfection. You're looking for a pulse. You're looking for some leaning. And God, I'm going to do that today. And I know that every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. That God, you are going to visit this altar with fire. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know where it's coming. But I have a confidence now. You see, as a worshiper, as a priest, that God, when I do this, fire's coming from heaven. And God, when I, when I give, fire's coming from heaven. And when I'm here, and you're hearing me. Every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. This is the kind of confidence that a New Testament believer is supposed to have. That's why the writer's saying, let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. Because you get his glory. What would his glory look like in your life? What, would, what if God began to lean into your life? Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your God, you sinners. How do I cleanse my hands? Give them. What is given is sanctified. God, my hands have been serving me my whole life, and I'm going to give them to you now. And, 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 and purify your hearts. How do I purify my heart, you double? Give it to the Lord. What is given is sanctified. Do that, and the glory of God will begin to manifest itself in your life because every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. He will be faithful every time you show up with an acceptable sacrifice. In my relationship with my wife, it's continual repentance. <laughs> continual. <laughs> you know, driving, uh, Nathan, where are you? I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I'm sorry, babe, I'm, I'm back. Okay, what happened after the Tyrannosaurus? <laughs> you hearing me? And she'll be, oh, okay. <laughs> you hearing me? That's what I'd like to invite you to this morning to repent, to come back, to lean in again. Lord, I'm, I'm back. I'm sorry. I'm back. I just, I got the buccaneers on the mind, Lord. I just don't know if Brady's going to do it or not. But that can wait. God, I'm back. I'm, I'm here. I brought my, I'm a priest. And Lord, I'm th I thank you for the promise of your presence. I need your glory in my life. I need you. I don't, I, I need it. I don't want to live my life without you. Why don't you stand with me? I've kept you long. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to be done. If you've never given your, your hands and your heart to Jesus, I'd love to give you an opportunity right now. Maybe you've never done that before, and I'm not going to freak you out. I'm not going to call you up on the stage and make you recite the Ten Commandments. We're, we're going to do that next service. Um, maybe you've never done it before. What we're going to do is we're just going to pray together as a, as a church family. Maybe you've, you've never done it before, or maybe you gave your, 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 your life to the Lord, but you would say, Nate, there's some serious distance between me and God. And I want to, like, place a fresh stake in the ground today and just go, God, I'm, I'm coming back to you. I'm going to stop building, like, my hands and my heart. I, I've been, they've been totally focused on me. And I'm, I'm at the end of my robe. I need you. If that's you and you're going, Nate, I, I want to I receive Jesus. And, and I want to receive him and give him my heart and my hands. Maybe for the first time or for, uh, you know, it, I need a, a, a second dedication. If that's you, just, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. Just say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. You can put your hands down. That's amazing. Thank you. That's, that's so cool. We're gonna, let's pray right now. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. And so I'm going to lead you in a moment of confession. And church, we're going to just 
say it all together. So I'm going to say a bit, and then you just repeat after me. And let's let's pray this with some energy today, okay? Jesus, Jesus. Thank, you thank you for coming to the earth. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your love and your kindness. Jesus, I need you. And I receive you today. I receive your mercy. I receive your grace. I believe that you are who you say you are. I put my trust in you. And I give you my hands today. And I give you my heart today. Take me, Jesus. Use me. Show me your glory. Fill me with your spirit. And I believe that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I'm just going to pray for you. But I want to give you permission to go after God in this season of your life like you've never, like you never have. My prayer for the for, for City Church is that you become a church of dangerous ninja priests. People that experience the glory of God in, in a unique way. That we no longer become passive observers. Right? And stay that way, but we become people who are going, God, I, I am here. I, I live to worship you. Take all of me. God places, let me just pray for you right now. Father, places in our life where we've 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 been hogging glory. Maybe we just didn't know what to do. You know, maybe there's been just some 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 biblical ignorance. God, we didn't. We didn't know. And I, I believe the Holy Spirit in the coming days is going to highlight these things. Because the Holy Spirit does. He's, he works on us and works on us. And the Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are making us worshipers. The Father's looking for worshipers. And Father, I ask you that you, would you have found worshipers here today, Lord? People who will worship you in spirit and in truth. People who will, who will surrender their lives to experience the glory of God. Father, we need you. So God... Uh, in places in our hearts, maybe it's been in, in areas of finance and money where we've just not trusted you and we've been living for ourselves. And God, we, we repent. We're coming back. We're coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. And God, maybe there's places where our time, you know, we've been stingy with our time. We've been stingy with our attention. We've been stingy with our, our affection, God. God, I'm asking you that we, there, there'd be repentance today. That we would go, God, I'm changing. I'm changing my mind. I want fire in my life. I need the fire of God on this altar. God, come and consume this sacrifice. Father, thank you for a church that worships you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.